Hi there, it's episode 158, and today we're turning the tables. I get to be the interviewee rather than the interviewer. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi, it's Danae here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are on episode 158, and I'm excited about today's episode. I recently had the pleasure of being a guest on the podcast Minimalish with Desiree Endries. And in the conversation, we talked about how Simple Families got started and how I really got into all of this. And I realized that I've never even talked about any of this on the podcast. So Desiree kindly agreed to let me re-air this episode on Simple Families. I think you're going to enjoy it, and it was fun to be on the other side of the microphone. We are exactly three weeks out from the launch of my new book, Simple Happy Parenting, and I am so excited to bring it to you all. If you like the Simple Families podcast, I really think you're going to enjoy this book. I would love, love for you to pre-order the book. Pre-orders are incredibly important for the success of a book. They help the book to reach a broader audience. So I'd always encourage you to pre-order books from your favorite authors when you can. And right now I'm running a pre-order incentive. If you do pre-order the book, you can claim two free live coaching sessions. I'll be hosting these group coaching sessions this summer to help you implement the ideas and the concepts that you're learning in the book. So go to simplefamilies.com forward slash book and you'll find the link to pre-order and also the link to claim your free bonus coaching sessions. If you already pre-ordered, you can still claim those sessions, which is an almost $200 value. Totally free. All you need to do is pre-order. So go to simplefamilies.com forward slash book. Now here's a word from today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Sprout Kids. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that we have a lot of Sprout Kids furniture in our house. Over the course of the past year, I've gotten to know Clark Davis from Sprout Kids, who's been a guest on the podcast in the past. And to be honest, I probably spent upwards of 10 to 12 hours on the phone talking to Clark about the functionality of children's furniture. This is something that he and I are both super passionate about, right? We need furniture that is designed for both the child and the parents, something that functionally works in the space for our children, but also looks nice enough that we want to have it in the shared spaces of our home. The furniture from Sprout is child-friendly, which means it's designed to get your kids involved in what's happening in the house. The products are all made out of wood. There's no MDF, particle board, that sort of thing. They also reduce packaging and provide safe finishes on the product, so you don't have to worry about chemicals. Now, when I say affordable, it is a little more expensive than Ikea, but it is far more durable, and it's functional and designed to grow with a child, so you're going to keep it for a long time. So give it a try. Go to sprout-kids.com and use the coupon code SIMPLEFAMILIES, that's all one word, and you get 10% off your order. Again, that's sprout-kids.com and use the coupon code SIMPLEFAMILIES for 10% off. Now, without further ado, I'm going to send you right over to the conversation that I had with Desiree on the Minimalish podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Danae. Um, Thanks so much for coming on the show. And before we get started talking all about Simple Families, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? 
Sure. Thanks so much for having me on, Desiree. I am Danae and I live in New York. I'm about an hour north of New York City and I live with my husband and my two kids. They're three and five. And I'm the founder of Simple Families. Um, so in addition to being a mom and spending a lot of time here at home with my kids, I also work from home. I run a podcast and a blog and I just recently wrote a book. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I am um, professionally speaking, I'm a clinical social worker and I have a PhD in child development. And I started my career doing more traditional child and family therapy, working to support families who had challenges with relationship issues, behavior issues, that sort of things with, with young kids. And as I had my own kids, I found that I became attracted to things that really made my life easier and things that I found were actually really better for my kids and for myself and for my husband. And much of that has led me towards minimalism and simplifying my home and simplifying my family and parenting and my brain and all the things. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm so excited for your book and I love your podcast. Um, I feel like I've learned especially a lot about parenting as just like a newer mom with a toddler um, through your podcast. So Thank you for all the good work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. That's great to hear. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And I would love to know kind of the story behind Simple Families. You kind of, I, I feel like you started to touch on it um, of kind of why you created it. But what did that really look like for you um, to kind of journey into creating your own business around this philosophy of simplifying family life? Sure. So I, let's see, back in 2014, I want to say, I actually had another blog that I started. It was called Crib to Table, and it was about feeding young children because that's really where my research interest was. I was finishing up my PhD. I was working on my dissertation, and my dissertation research was looking at the way that we feed infants between the months of six, between six and 12 months of life and looking at the impact that that has on children's eating habits later on. So looking at what we do as parents and what impact that has. So I was really interested in learning more about this, learning more about what we do as parents and the impact that it has on our kids, not just as it pertained to feeding really, but how it pertained to our kids across the board. And I was writing on Crib to Table about feeding kids. And I was also writing for one of the local mom's blogs and I was starting to get interested a little bit in minimalism. It was just kind of starting out. And I read about a capsule wardrobe. This was before the whole capsule wardrobe phenomena came onto the scene. I read an article about it and I did it and I posted about it on this local mom's blog. And it went completely viral and kind of set off the whole capsule wardrobe phenomena in 2000. 14, 2015. It was in early 2015, actually, when this all went down. Um, so I wrote that and then I did a follow-up. So that post was called Why I Got Rid of My Wardrobe. And then I wrote another post just two months later called Why I Got Rid of the Toys. And I found that the, the, and the second post went viral and ended up getting featured on the Today Show. Um, and I was like, you know, this is what 
people want. This is really resonating with people. And this is really resonating with me and my well-being. And I think I want to do more of this. So I, I knew that I really loved talking about feeding kids. And I loved talking about minimalism. I'm like, well, what do these things have in common? And I can't talk about both things. That was my first thought. Like, I can't talk about both things. Like, I need to be, I need to be more specific. I need to pick one. But then I realized, I was like, you know what? The issue that comes about so often in feeding our kids and the thing that parents struggle with is doing too much. It's that we are encouraging our kids, one more bite, two more bites. Oh, did you like it? Does it taste good? What's your favorite food? Oh, you don't like that food? We're just in their business. We're in their space all the time with the best of intentions, trying to do everything, trying to be everything, whether it comes to food, discipline, toys, you name it. And I was like, you know what? These things are actually more interrelated than I really thought when I was starting out. And I think that this message that I want to bring is that less is more, not just as it pertains to the physical stuff, but as it pertains to the parenting and the way that we're interacting with our kids too. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing how you kind of pivoted and changed along the way and, and how all of that uh, was interconnected together and just kind of the concept of simplifying. Yeah. And it actually surprised me. I, I really thought I was like, I'm going to have to stop, stop talking about feeding kids. But actually that's like, it's become this huge ongoing piece of my work because it really is so woven into what we do every day because so much of what we do every day is feed our families. And as you know, as a mom, that it takes a whole lot of emotional and physical energy to do that. Yeah, for sure. What is that? Um, I, I didn't even know that that was something you were passionate about. So I, I do want to ask you a quick question about it. Now that I know that, <laughs> what does that look like for you? Like, give me an example of, of how do you approach that? Right. So a, a few things that come to mind really quick when I think about that is thinking about when I started off feeding my kids because of my personality type and because I am a type A parent who really wants to just, you know, be my best and give my kids everything as, as most of us do. I had the tendency, I felt like I wanted to do too much in the feeding process. So we did something called baby led weaning, which some people might be familiar with, which is really where you let the babies feed themselves from the very beginning. You just put food in front of them and kind of let them go at it. So I had to literally position myself on the opposite side of the table when I started feeding my kids, because I was like, you know what, if I'm sitting right next to them, I cannot keep my hands out of it. <laughs> like yeah. I just want to be helping and I want to be doing too much. And of course we want to help our kids and we want to support our kids when we can, but there's also this huge benefit and huge amount of growth that can come from learning how to step back and learning how to give them the space to figure things out for themselves. Yeah. I love that. We did um, a little bit of baby led weaning as well, but now even with like an 18 month old, I totally see that in myself now that you're saying it. I'm like, I mean, for in one way, I kind of need to be near her so she's not throwing things at this point. But, but yeah, we, we do. We want to get involved. We want to be kind of, you know, helpers around them. Yeah. <laughs> we think we're helpers, but we're not always helping. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, when did this journey of minimalism start for you all? It was, let's see, I would say 2000, late 2014, beginning of 2015. 
And what did it start with? Did you just like, did, was it, what set it off, I guess? So there were two things. So one was that I had had my son in an infant Montessori, like a mommy and me type class. And it wasn't because I knew anything about Montessori. I liked Montessori. It was because there was a Montessori school across the street and the classes were like half the price of the gymboree and that sort of thing down the road. <laughs> so I was just being frugal and I was like, hey, there's a little class over there. I'm going to wander over there. And it turned out to be just a dream come true. I mean, the school itself, we ended up sending our son there um, for a couple of years before we left. This was in Texas before we moved away. Um, but I, when, so th when we started this class, I remember distinctly the feeling I felt when I walked into the classroom and Montessori classrooms are very calm, very simple, very clean and orderly. And at first I felt a little bored and I felt a a little bit unsure of what I was supposed to do. I wasn't, I didn't know what to do with the quiet and with the calm and with the simplicity of it all. And I kept going back week after week and I just realized, I was like, you know what? I don't really understand it. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I want to bring this home. Like, I want to feel like this at home. I want my house not to be this perfect Zen-like Montessori environment, but at the same time, I want to feel like this about my space. So I, this was sort of something that was kind of, it was resonating with me. And I was starting, I, I, t I say that this was my, probably my first taste of simplicity. And I wasn't quite sure how to bring it to my family yet. And some, somewhere in the vicinity of that time period, I had a conversation with one of my friends who was telling me that she, well, it's, I had one of those friends who always looked so cute and she posted a picture on Instagram of her closet and her closet was next to empty. And I asked her, I was like, well, where's all your stuff? And she's like, well, this is all my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, like where are your piles of stuff? And she's <laughs> like, no, like this really is all my stuff. And so I asked her about it. She's like, you know, I follow this blog called Unfancy, which is Caroline Rector, her blog, which she started a few years ago. And she was one of the first, she and Courtney Carver were some of the people that first really started talking about capsule wardrobes back in 2013, 2014. Um, so I went on and first I was like, you know, I am not the kind of girl that's following a fashion blog. Like that just isn't for me. And I went on, I read a couple things. And I'm like, oh, this is totally for me. <laughs> and that's when I started tearing my closet apart and completely going at it in the clothes department. And I've never looked back. I think that's where it started. It started with the clothing and then the toys. And then it was just kind of a spiral effect from there on the stuff. Yeah, that the closet has been a place that's made the most difference for me too. Um, and kind of, I, I wouldn't say it started it for me, but it's one of the places I started. So I can totally relate to that. Um, but that that's awesome. And um, let's talk a little bit about your book because I am excited to read it. I can't wait. When does it come out? It comes out June 6th. Okay, so it's coming out Soon. in yeah I have a few weeks, and I um, I can't wait to to read it. But the title "Simple Happy Parenting" first of all already makes me want to read it. <laughs> Plus, I know <laughs> good, good, good. And, and I know um, I know what you're about, and and I love that. So, what does that title mean to you? The simple you know simple happy parenting. What does that mean? There are a thousand philosophies on parenting. So, like, what does simple parenting look like? Well. I'll first say that I didn't actually pick this title. My publisher did, and I, di <laughs> I didn't even like it at first, but it really grew on me. So the title was there. So they, my, uh, the publisher came to me and asked me to write a book. And they said, we like you to write a book. 
come up with a table of contents and we'll go from there. So I wrote the table of contents. They slapped a name on it and I was like, okay, okay, we'll work with that. I wasn't totally married to the name. Um, but after I wrote the book, I just felt like then, then after I wrote the book and I started really getting attached to the name, they're like, oh, I think we're going to change the name. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like this is the name of the book. This just feels right. Um, so to me, this was never meant to be a parenting approach per se, like attachment parenting or Montessori parenting or whatever. That wasn't my intent in writing this. So my intent in writing this was really just to inspire families to start living more simply and to write what their own story looks like, what their own definition of that looks like. I'm not trying to predefine it for anyone. And I hope that I made that very clear in the beginning of the book, that this is my story. This is how I did it. And I want you to take inspiration and take take tips and strategies, but don't try to replicate it exactly because it's going to look different for everybody. And I, so I recently had someone ask me, you know, what does happiness mean to you? This was in one of the online programs that I run. And I was reflecting on that because with this title, Simple Happy Parenting, I feel like I should be able to give a pretty clear explanation of what happiness means to me. Um, and my immediate guttural reaction was happiness to me means lightness. So when the pressure is lifted off my shoulders, when I'm not feeling weighed down, when I'm feeling light, I know that I can focus on exactly what's in front of me, whether it be my work or my kids or my hobbies, whatever it is. And that to me is happiness. So finding simplicity is very much married into happiness for me, which makes the title of the book feel so right. And my whole goal of the book is just to tell you a bunch of things you don't have to do, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? Like it's, and I, I feel like there, and I, I'm hoping that people read this book and feel it to be very freeing and to feel a weight lifted off of their own shoulders because I am explaining to you that all this stuff that we think that we're supposed to do as good parents, as intentional parents, it doesn't really need to happen the way that society tells us it needs to happen. We don't have to hover. We don't have to buy all the stuff. We don't have to entertain all the time. Um, that we can let go of so much of these things that we think we need to be doing. And not only are we going to be happier, but our kids are going to be better off as a result. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I was looking up the book a little bit and I saw that you have kind of this simple manifesto that you write about. So can you tell us a little bit about what that manifesto is and how does it create like happier parents or how does it, how does it create, I guess, maybe even happiness in within your family? Right. So the simple manifesto is buy less, fear less, referee less, hurry less, and entertain less. And I chose these things because these are things that we do with the best of intentions. We buy our kids things because we think they need them or maybe they tell us they need them and we can't differentiate between one or the other. Um, and we, we fear, we have a lot of fear around parenting, around our kids' safety and well-being because we want to protect them and we want to take good care of them. Um, we referee far too much because it's painful to watch our kids argue and fight when we have siblings. And we hurry our kids often because we've got too much going on and we're too busy rushing around from one thing to the next because we think our kids need all this stuff, all this socialization, all these structured activities. Um, and the last one, entertain less, I think is because we feel a lot of times like we kind of need to be clowns and we kind of need to be the ones giving our kids something to do all the time. And all of these things put together can just create an immense amount of pressure on parents, especially on women, I think, 
as we, you know, we want to check all the boxes. We want to get everything right. And especially when we're thinking about parenting approaches, sometimes it's hard to pick a parenting approach and we just pick them all and we try to do them all. And the reality is we end up super overwhelmed and exhausted and we, our well-being suffers. And when our well-being is suffering, our kids' well-being is suffering. I love that. I especially, um, I, I like that idea of just entertaining less. I know when we try to entertain all the time, that's, that's not doing them any justice either. Right. Yeah. We know that when we entertain our kids too much and we give them too much structured time, they don't learn how to structure their own time. So their executive functioning, which is the ability to plan and to problem solve and to organize their thoughts, all of that suffers because they don't get the practice when we're doing it all for them. And when we, when we are planning scheduled activities and structured activities for our kids, we think, you know, we're giving them something to do. We're preparing things for them in a way that parents should be. I mean, isn't that why Pinterest exists so that it can provide us with like a bajillion crafts and activities for kids? Um, I mean, I think just the mere existence of Pinterest gives me anxiety (laughs) because it's full of two things that I don't like doing, which are making elaborate fancy meals and making elaborate fancy crafts with my kids. (laughs) And I feel like, but they're right there at at my fingertips, like all like 12 million of them. I should just be able, why can't I just pick one? Why can't I do these things? Why can't I execute them? And it's taken a lot of intentional thinking and, and self-talk to tell myself like, these things don't need to happen. I do not need to cook fancy meals. My family does not need fancy meals. They don't even need a ton of variety when it comes to meals. I don't like to cook the same thing every day or even every week, but I just certainly don't need to be introducing new recipes multiple times a week. That's just not necessary and takes way too much out of me. Um, and my kids don't need the structured activities. And we know that the research is showing us around executive functioning that they actually do better without the structured activities. And they're, they have long-term gains when we let them plan those things for themselves. Yeah. I love that. And I can totally, I can totally agree. But yeah, Pinterest does make you feel like, okay, if all of, if all of these other moms are doing these things, then surely, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. You've got to make these fancy meals and fancy crafts. And if that's your thing, then totally, but, right. but, um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not for all of us. And I kind of think that, the only, maybe not, and maybe this is just like what I tell myself to soothe my soul is that the only moms out there that are really doing all these things are the bloggers who create these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are the ones that have the time because it's their job to sit down and lay out the pictures and prepare the different pieces. And um, I mean, all that, that's not real life. That's like takes hours and hours of planning and, and organizing and photographing and that, and the way it's put together is usually so crisp and simple and it seems very straightforward, but the reality is it's not doable for the everyday. And even if the website's called like simplekidactivities.com, like it's probably not going to be that simple. It's not simple enough for me. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. That's, that's such a good way to look at it too, because it is true. And and it puts a lot of pressure on us and yes. we don't need that. <laughs> what you do with Simple Families is that you have this holistic approach to parenting and wellness for the whole family. That like wellness is important for the whole family. It's not just about the parents, you know, obsessing over are my kids well or am I doing enough for them? So what does that look like to someone like in the trenches of parenting who maybe feels overwhelmed by everything? Um, what's the first step? do you think towards wellness for the whole family? 
So the first step, I think, especially when we're talking to mothers, I mean, parents in general, but if we're talking to mothers, which is who is the core majority of my audience, is that we cannot sacrifice our own happiness for the well-being of our kids. And I hear so often from moms saying, well, as long as my kids are happy or my kids come first. And I mean, those are beautiful sentiments. And you have the best of intentions when you're saying those things and when you're thinking those things. But if you are stressed out and you are overwhelmed and you are not well emotionally and mentally, your kids are going to struggle with all those things too because they are growing up as a reflection of you. And if you're not taking care of themselves, they're not learning how to take care of themselves. And your happiness has a direct impact on their happiness. And I think far too often we lose sight of this and we get caught up in this idea that, you know, for mothers, self-care is like getting your nails done and like pampering yourself. And it's not, it's, it's about making sure that we can be our best so that we can offer it to our kids. Because if we're not our best, we can't give our best to our kids. And if you think that you can, if you think you can hide that stress and overwhelm and you think you can put yourself last repeatedly over the years, I think you're going to find that it's going to take a toll on you sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love that idea too, that self-care, it's not like, I, I think that's why there's such guilt around it is because the first thing we think of is like going to pamper ourselves. And I mean, sure, you shouldn't feel guilty for that either, but it's, it's about like literally caring for ourselves instead of just like giving up everything um, just because, you know, we need to be, be a good mom. That's not what being a good mom looks like. So I love that you mentioned that because I do think like, that's why it feels guilty because when you think of self-care, you think I need to go like get a massage. Like those things are just even associated with a lot of people can't afford that. So of course there's going to be guilt or guilt associated. Right. And I think even if it's something like taking on a side hustle, like if you're, you know, like selling some kind of jewelry or essential oils or something like that, I feel like so many moms, when I see them doing that, I feel like you're, you're really supporting your own mental health and well-being. Like you're giving yourself something outside of just being a mother. And even though I do think that motherhood is enough it gives us some sort of another outlet to refocus some of our energy on and just to think about something different. And I think that can be so healthy. I think every woman needs something, whether it's a money-making venture or not, they need something consistent outside of parenthood in order to really check all the boxes and feel fulfilled on all fronts. Um, I don't know. I think maybe there are moms out there who can just like mom from sunup to sundown without feeling stressed and without losing their cool. But I'd be hard pressed to find those moms, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I love that idea too. It's just like, and, and how you said, you know, motherhood is enough, but like, is it really, is that, I mean, it is enough, but that's not all, that's not the only thing that you are, you know? So it's just like, it's enough, but you are probably more than just a mom. So like, don't neglect all of those other things that you care about as well. Yeah. And I think women that have chosen to stay home face this a lot because it's like, I've made this decision to stay home with my kids and that needs to be my number one. That needs to be my everything. And they struggle maybe, and I can't say they struggle with this more than working moms because I think it's across the board, but I think it's this, this idea that, you know, you've made motherhood your job and you're going to do it like you're going all in. And I just, I, I don't always think that that 
ends up being the healthiest thing. And I think that I see some women sort of overdoing it. Like these are the women who go all in in motherhood that I see really needing a simplified approach to parenting because they want to give their kids everything. They want to do everything and be everything and buy everything and they end up overwhelmed as a result. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. I love that. Um, just this conversation on, on wellness for moms in general. So thank you so much for your insight on that. Um, but I do want to talk about also kind of your approach to parenting and positive discipline approaches. I want to touch on that quickly because I feel like that's a huge part of what you do as well. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about this um, kind of with your professional experience? Why do you see this as best practices in discipline? Well, I, so my background is far from a discipline standpoint. I, before I was a mom, I did a postgraduate specialization in behavior analysis and I was trained in a very traditional approach to modifying child behavior. And this was, it's kind of an old school approach that a lot of times teachers are still using in public schools. I see um, private schools too, probably. And it really revolves a lot around rewards and consequences. And I became very, very skilled at this and very skilled at knowing how to implement rewards and consequence type systems. But I actually found that after I became a mother, I didn't use any of that stuff. Like I can't say I didn't use any of that stuff. I didn't use most of that stuff because what really resonated with me was this idea that I don't need to be dishing out rewards and consequences all the time. My kids are learning from me. Socialization and growth and childhood comes slowly. It comes through being exposed to good models and to good examples throughout their lifetime. I have very realistic expectations of my kids' behavior, knowing that as they grow, they're going to learn and their behavior is going to be more acceptable by society, um, little by little, and it doesn't have to change overnight. I think it's progress over perfection. And I really trust that my relationship with them is what is this guiding light in developing good behavior. It's not rewards and consequences. So I always try to tell parents that it's not that I just hug my children when we're having a hard day because I don't know what else the heck to do because I do know what else I could do. I choose to do the positive thing because that's what that's what gives us the best outcomes and that's what feels the best. I find that you know like if I was dishing out rewards and consequences all day long not only would I be physically and emotionally drained by it because it takes a ton of effort but I'd also be irritable. I think especially if I was giving out a lot of punishments and timeouts and taking away privileges and that sort of thing because just like being upset and irritated with my kids is just an icky feeling that I don't like having. So I don't want to have to do that. If I don't have to do that, and if I can be more positive with them and bring more of a positive presence to my whole family, that's definitely what I'm going to choose. And it just so happens that that actually is what's best for our kids. So it all kind of comes full circle and works out. Yeah. (laughs) Less is more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love that. I love that you kind of relate it to simplicity because it is, it's simple. I mean, it's also like, it's natural to feel frustrated, right? With our kids, obviously. And we all feel those feelings, but to me, it's more natural to have a loving approach anyways, or just like a positive approach, and, and like you said, like hug, hug my child at the end of the day, even if we've had a rough day, 
than trying to think up this like elaborate plan. Okay. What am I going to give you to, you know, or what, what are we going to plan? What's the checks and balances here that is going to get you to act in the correct way that I want you to act that type of thing. Um, I just love that, that you, like you said, like being more positive in that approach kind of simplifies it. Right. And I hear from so many parents who are like, what do I do when my little one hits my big one? Or what do I do when they talk back to me? What do I do when they yell in my face? And it's this constant need to want to fix everything and to want to know everything and to be everything. And we, and like I said, like, sure, I can give you solutions to tell you exactly what to do. But most of the time, my answer is just going to be like, just be with them. You know, when your kid screams in your face, the last thing you need to do is scream back because what are you teaching them? You're teaching them that screaming is the way that you solve problems. So I think looking at our own behavior and figuring out how we can reflect back to our kids, the way that we want them to behave is so important. And when we're trying to do too much and we get stressed out, we don't model the best selves and we don't model the best kind of behavior that we want for our kids. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for kind of giving some insight into that as well. And thank you just so much for for being on here. I really, I feel like you're changing so many lives. And um, I know that you have been a huge influence in my motherhood and with my approach to parenting already. So just thank you for that. And um, your book is coming out soon, like we said, June 6th. But what are some other places that you can point our listeners to where they can find you, um, other resources you might have, anything like that. Oh, well, thank you so much for all of that. That is really meaningful to me. And I just, I, I hear from a lot of readers and audience members who share really kind things with me. And I just feel like it really keeps me going. And I feel like, and it's hard for me because I am still home with my kids a lot. And I really want to be in both places. I love working and I love supporting other women and parents. But at the same time, like I also find a lot of times that I just want to be with my kids. So I, it does take a lot of motivation to keep simple families going because I have, I do pretty much do everything by myself still. And it's funny the other day, my, my five-year-old said to me, um, it was, I was getting ready to come upstairs, which is where my quote unquote offices in our master bedroom. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to, I have to go do some work. And he's like, oh, well, what kind of work are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to help some moms. And that's kind of like this general saying that I, that I tell him when he asks what I do for my work. And he's like, oh, he's like, is that your job? And I was like, yeah, that's my job. And I said, but you know what my favorite job is? He said, what? I was like, being your mom. And he said, I love it when you're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really took that as like, I love it when you're on duty with me. And I, it, and when I hear things like that from my kids, that it really kind of tugs at my heartstrings because it's like, oh, he really wants more of me. But it also is this reminder of like, he really loves when I'm on duty with him. But in order to be on duty with him, I have to have another duty too. Otherwise, I would lose my mind if I was with my kids all day long and I wouldn't be my best self. And I've just, I've seen so much growth in myself as a mother since I've started working more. And that's always a message that I always want to share with people that if you're working or if you're taking on other things outside of the home, it can be so good for your kids and it can improve the quality of your relationship with your kids so much. Um, so now I've like completely got off focus and I've totally forgot what your question was because I know no. that's the question. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, you said where else? Okay, sorry, where else? So Instagram yeah. is a really great place. So I post a lot of my Instagram stories just kind of about, about things that we are um, working through in our daily lives, just kind of keeping it real and things that I'm loving. Um, so yeah, definitely follow on Instagram and my podcast, Simple Families, which I have a weekly show on a variety of simple living and positive parenting topics um, and my book. And I'm hoping you all will buy that before it comes out because pre-orders are so important, which is a funny thing I never knew before I wrote a book is that the more pre-orders you get orders before the book actually launches actually impacts how many books hit the shelves in the bookstore and how widely available the book is. So I am, I'm shamelessly promoting and asking people just to buy it and buy it before it comes out, even if you don't think it's necessary because it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've actually recently learned that um, just from a book launch team that I'm on. And I was like, wow, so floored by that because I mean, it doesn't seem like something like I've never really been a pre-order type of person because I'm like, okay, I just want to get it like the day it comes out, I'll go to Target, get it right off the shelf or something like that. Um, but Hey, if you pre-order it, then it comes right to your doorstep. You, you know, I was never a pre-order person either. And I, I would always, I would have said the same thing. Like, why am I going to pre-order it? It's not like it's going to sell out. Like I'll just order it after it comes out. I would have never. And that's why I feel like I need to emphasize the reason for it because I was totally that way too. I would never pre-order a book because why, why even bother? It's a really great way to support your favorite authors and content producers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, awesome. I will have that link in the show notes and two questions I ask each guest. First one is what is something that you are simplifying right now? So I have just, and I, I don't even know if I can say this in past tense because I'm not even sure that I've mastered it yet, but I've been trying to simplify my purse because I am a really messy person and I have to have like, that's why I have to be a minimalist because I can't keep anything in order. Um, so my purse has always been just disgusting. Like crumbs, like half-eaten snack bars, receipts, like you name it. And I just kind of have to dump the whole thing every couple of weeks. So I have recently decided, because I was using a fawn design bag, which is a faux leather, which you can just kind of wipe clean on the inside. And I've been using one of those for years. And I recently decided that like, I'm a big girl now. I can have a leather bag again, like I used to have before kids and I'm going to take care of it. So I have come up with a new system. I got a leather bag to replace my fawn design bag, like a real leather bag. And I got some little, um, they're actually reusable plastic bags. Like you would put like snacks in and I have one for garbage and one for snacks and one for like sort of essentials like band-aids and a hairbrush and extra contacts, things like that. Um, so I kind of have these little compartments going in my bag now. And I will proud, I'm proud to say that my bag has been crumb free and also no leaky pens leaking all over the inside of it. <laughs> and it's been about a month. So I, I don't know that I could say like I've completely mastered it, but so far going strong. So yeah, that's, I think you just described the inside of like my I carry a diaper bag right now, but that's yeah. totally my life. I, I can say the same thing. Like minimalism for sure <laughs> helps me because I'm literally a messy person. So what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? That's my second question. So I think other than my book, which I feel like 
I'm not talking about that much, but I'm thinking about it a lot. Yeah. Um, the other thing would probably be, so I, one of my podcast sponsors is a company called Care Of, and it's a supplement company, a vitamin and supplement company. And I've never, like, I'm just kind of skeptical by nature and I've never been one, like I have essential oils and some natural health stuff, but I'm not like super into it. And I'm certainly not preachy about it. Um, but so they care of sponsored my podcast last year and they give me a free month when I start. So I went online and took their little quiz and told me these, they recommended some vitamins and supplements and they sent me a month for free. And like, it was it's life-changing. Like the supplements they sent me, like I feel so good. Um, and it's now I'm just kind of like telling everybody, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, sure. Like they sponsored my podcast, but I buy this now with my own hard-earned money. And I love these vitamins and supplements. And there's a couple in there. Um, one is ashwagandha and the other is rhodiola and they're, they are adaptogens. So they help your body adapt to stress and anxiety and depression and any kind of mild symptoms that you're experiencing. And they help your body adapt to those stress levels and balance out. So they bring just more of a sense of calm and balance and they're just natural herbs that they're not going to have a huge significant effect effect on you. If you're someone that's on some sort of prescription medication, you might still need that sort of stuff. But if you just need something kind of like lower level just to reduce um, daily stuff going on, I like, I don't know, those have been a total game changer for me. And I actually think I have a discount code. I'll try to dig up if you want to put that in the show notes if anybody wants to try it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to try it. That sounds yeah. awesome. I, love I actually, it. I have some like powder form of ashwagandha that I started taking whenever I was feeling super stressed out slash anxious um, a few months ago, and I definitely can see a difference when I take that. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's popping up like I've seen it in like some teas. Like you can buy like a bottled tea at the store that has ashwagandha, and it's probably a low, uh, like a low amount, I would imagine. But um, yeah, my husband actually takes those supplements too, and he loves them. And you can of course buy them anywhere. The thing about Care of is they come like your little packet comes, and you have a daily packet that you can just open up and take them. And I priced because I am pretty cheap about this thing. I priced buying those things on Amazon versus buying them from Care of, and it was pretty much equal. Like I, there wasn't a significant difference either way. So I just buy them from care of cause I find it's easier just to get them and to unwrap one little package each day and take it. Yeah. And that's, again, sounds like it's simplifying. Yeah, <laughs> it is for sure. That's great. Okay. Well, thank you so much um, again for coming on the podcast. And um, I am excited to share this with, with our listeners and um, yeah, I'm so excited for your book as I said, and yeah, thank you for all that you do. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was good chatting. Okay. Wow. So I just loved that conversation so much. I feel like as Danae talked, I had all of the weights lifted off of me. And I know I said that at the beginning of this episode, that that's how I think you were going to feel at the end of this episode. Those weights around working mom guilt, around trying to be my child's entertainer, those were just lifted off of me. I just love Danae's message. She speaks so much truth into simplifying the things we often try to complicate as parents. And I love how life-changing it truly is when we give ourselves permission to choose to simplify our roles as moms versus fighting to try and do everything and be everything for our kids. I absolutely loved our conversation about how we can tend to sacrifice our own happiness to think we're doing it for the good of our kids. But friend, 
we cannot be martyrs for the sake of our children. This is one major place where I believe the narrative of joyless motherhood comes from. This narrative that we see in all the motherhood memes about how, you know, motherhood is all about sleepless night and joyless days and, you know, sucking the fun out of life. That's that's not what motherhood is about. But when we sacrifice our own happiness and put 100% of everything into our kids, that's what it could easily become. I'll encourage you, just like Danae did, find something outside of motherhood to give you to give your energy to. Not all of your energy, but just a little bit of it. Not that you can't give your best and first energy to your family, because I believe that's what's most important in my life, personally, but it just doesn't mean that that has to be your only thing. Being a mom doesn't have to be the only thing that defines you. Being a mom is enough, just like Danae said, but you are a person outside of being a mom. So what other things are you passionate about? There are other really cool things about you. Embrace those things. Find a way to give yourself time to truly care for yourself by doing those things. And I think you'll find yourself in a much happier place if you're doing that. And I also think your kids will be better for seeing you do something that is fun for you. Okay, so that was really my biggest takeaway from my conversation with Danae, and I would love to know what you're loving about this episode and what your takeaway was. So screenshot yourself listening right now before you kind of hop off of this podcast. Screenshot it, share it on Instagram, tag me at Minimalish Podcast. Let me know what you loved about it. I just want to say thank you again to Desiree for having me on the Minimalish podcast and for allowing me to reshare this with you all in Simple Families. And again, I'd love to have you pre-order my new book, Simple Happy Parenting. You can go to simplefamilies.com forward slash book to get the link to order and also to claim your free bonus live coaching sessions, which are going to take place this summer. Thank you again, and I greatly appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in.